Hello and welcome to the Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Today, Pastor Todd is talking about government. Listen, there are plenty of churches, including the churches I grew up in, that said, oh, no, 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 we shouldn't be talking about the government in church. That's not something we need to deal with. We just need to pray. We just need to move forward. Pastor Todd asks, how did that work for us, church? When it came to prayer in school, when it came to abortion, when it came to same-sex marriage, when it came to separating the church from the state, did nothing more than make the state more immoral? No offense, but we have a role to play. Let's listen in. Be sure to listen to the end for some important information. Hey, y'all ready to get into it? Are you sure you're ready to get into it? All right, because today uh, we are going to be talking about government, government. And listen, there are plenty of churches, including the churches I grew up in, that said, oh, no, no, we shouldn't be talking about the government in church. That's not something we need to deal with. We just need to pray. We just need to move forward. And so I'm just going to ask you, how did that work for us, church, when it came to prayer in school, when it came to abortion, when it came to same-sex marriage, when it came from separating the church from the state did nothing more than make the state more immoral? Uh, No offense, but we have a role to play. But today, I want to start with a foundation of what is government? What is a legitimate government and what is an illegitimate government based on Scripture? And I'm going to start with a Scripture that you most often hear at Christmas time. It's in Isaiah 9-6. This is what it says. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The government will rest on Jesus's shoulders. What does that mean? What does it mean that the government is going to rest on Jesus? Uh, The word rest on his shoulders in Hebrew is actually hayashakem. Haya Shechem. It means to rest on the shoulders or to be, to be put, to be on shoulders. And it says that it's going to rest on Jesus's shoulders. Now that's a picture. I don't know if you're seeing it, but it's a picture that says he is going to carry it. He is going to carry the government on his shoulders. He is going to carry the authority on his back. Jesus carries the system of governing on himself. So what is government? What does it mean that he has it on his shoulders? The word government in Hebrew means to rule. To rule will be on his shoulders, to have domain, to have authority, to make decisions. So a couple things to consider. First of all, that word I just gave you, shekem, shoulders, actually comes from the Hebrew word word, shakam. Shekem meaning shoulders. Shakam means to place on the back of a load-bearing animal. Okay, so we look at that like a pack mule where we we load it up on the back. And this is the image that it's giving of Christ in government that he is going to carry that. Now, I see that as a kind of a dual picture. I see that not only as the authority rest on Jesus, but I also see him carrying the cross 
And the cross is what gave him authority. You'll remember he said, all authority is now given to me in heaven on earth after he bore the weight of the cross. And, but the second thing to look at is that Jesus, if he is bearing government, is the top level of authority. In other words, if it starts with him, if he is carrying it, no one is carrying it for him. He is carrying it. He's carrying the load of government. So when it comes to government, the buck stops with Jesus. That's going to mean a lot in a minute, I promise you. What Jesus says when it comes to governing is the final decision for government. <laughs> Let me clarify that. What it means is when it comes to government, I'm talking about, not I'm talking about the United States government, I'm talking about the word government, ruling and having domain and making the decisions. When it comes to governing, it's all under Jesus because he is carrying it. We do not get to vote on his authority. We do not get to vote on his decisions. He is the pinnacle. He is the top. He is the ultimate when it comes to ruling our government. There is no higher appeals court than Jesus. He's the very word of God. John 3, 34. For he who God sent speaks the words of God. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, this is after his resurrection. All, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All, I don't know about you, but if somebody has all, everybody else has none. Because somebody has all. And the only way I can have any is if whoever has all of it would be willing to delegate some of it to me. Mm. He doesn't have some authority. Not most of the authority. Jesus has all of the authority. You can't go above him to get a different decision. Once he has decided, it's unappealable. Which in turn means that all other government must be under his authority. If he's the top, if he is carrying it all, then all governing authority must be under. That's going to mean so much. Let me explain. All right, let's go to Romans 13. Whew, you think he's actually going to do it? Yes, Romans 13. I want to show you something in Romans 13 that I think most people miss. And when you miss it, it puts you on a trail that doesn't get you where I think Scripture's taking you. Romans 13, 1 and 2. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation on themselves. Now, before I move on, I want you to see what this just said. It says there is no authority except from God. And then it says, and those which exist are established by God. And I think the problem is we misinterpret the word those. We misinterpret the word those to mean the people in a position of authority. 
But that's not what he's saying. He's saying those are the authority that is established by God. God ordained a system of authority. Authority is a tool of God. Authority is a structure that God puts in place. God wants us to operate under an authority system. Because if you believe that that word, those authorities, refers to the people in the positions, then what you're saying is that every evil dictator that's come into play, God put him there. Does God put Hitler in a position to kill his own people? No, but is the authority a structure available for us to vote people into those positions? Yes, it's the authority that God put in place. It's the authority structure. God said there will be authority on the earth. Listen to me. God did not decide to make everything majority rules. Whatever you want to do as a group, that's fine. God did not decide that every man is his ultimate authority. You have the right to do whatever you want, and no one can tell you any different. There is no authority. You have freedom. God did not decide that there would be no authority. So nobody's in charge. Nobody has a rank. Nobody is upline. Everybody is free to do whatever they want. That's chaos. God decided there would be a structure where everyone is under someone's authority and that Jesus would be the top of that structure. So listen to me. When God says, I want you to be under authority, he's not talking about people. He's talking about the structure of authority. Why? Because as a child, when I learn to be under my father on earth's authority, I learn what it means to be under the authority of God. I understand now what it means to submit. I understand what it means to respect. I have to have a system of authority that teaches me about the Father. So God put Christ at the top of this authority structure called government. He put governing on the back of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate governing authority. Maybe this makes it clear if you haven't grabbed it yet. Is Donald Trump the final authority in the United States? No, what is? The Constitution. The Constitution has authority. Donald Trump cannot even be president without a Constitution that gives him authority to hold that position. So what's the ultimate authority? The Constitution, of which Donald Trump would be under. It's a system that the Constitution allows for there to be authority in a structure. He can't go above the Constitution. The Constitution has all the authority. So the person in the role of president is under the authority of the Constitution. I'm asking you to grab that as a picture because here's what's happening. When we begin to make laws... And those laws are not good laws. They're not legitimate laws. They're illegitimate laws. We say they are unconstitutional. And what I'm telling you is we have government going on that is un-Jesus. It is not under Jesus's authority. Jesus is the ultimate authority. So if there is an authority in the world, it's only because Jesus is the head of all authority. You remember when he's talking to Pilate, when he's being tried, and he says, you don't have authority unless it's given to you by God. And Jesus in turn says, but I have all authority in heaven and on earth. It's the example that Jesus is the constitution. He's the ultimate. He's the decision maker. It stops there. He grants authority and he is the source of all authority because it rests on him. What am I saying? We know how Jesus governs. We have it in scripture. We have it in the rhema word. 
We have it in the spirit. We have it in understanding the laws that Jesus would put down, the way that Jesus rules. We operate under his authority. But if you come out from under Jesus's authority, listen to me, you are an illegitimate governing body. Because he is the pinnacle. He is authority. He is the constitution in a sense. He is the ultimate. So did Hitler have a legitimate authority to kill the Jews? No. He had Satan's power and an illegitimate operation outside of the authority of Jesus in order to kill the masses like that. Only authority that governs under Jesus is legitimate authority. Stay with me. This is critical to understanding God's view of authority. It's not people. It's a governing structure that has Jesus at the pinnacle. So in order to be legitimate, it must come under the pinnacle, the one who is carrying the system. Hear me out. Is it legitimate government to say we should be able to kill babies in the womb? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because it's not under Christ. Is it legitimate government to say we should allow a same-sex marriage? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because it is not under Christ. Is it legitimate to say we treat a person differently because of their skin color? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because it is not under Christ. Is it legitimate to say that violence and looting is an appropriate way to solve problems? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because it is not under Christ. Is it legitimate to say that a person can determine their own sex? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because that is not under Christ. Is it legitimate to say that a person can have sexual relationships with a child? No. Why is it illegitimate? Because that is not under Christ. Is it legitimate to say we need more Muslims in Congress. No. Why is that illegitimate? Because they don't recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior and King. And he is the top. Now I can go back. I can go back and give you scriptures for each one of these, but I think you know them. I think if you've been a believer long enough, you know the word of God, that the only legitimate government is that which comes under Christ on his shoulders. Jesus does not give the authority to kill children in the womb. He does not give authority to determine what sex you are. He does not give authority to sexually abuse children. He does not give authority to treat people differently because of their skin color. He does not give authority to use violence to solve problems. He does not use authority to have sexual relationships with the same sex person, and he does doesn't give authority to recognize him as a prophet only and not the king of kings and the lord of lords. Therefore, our government cannot dispense those things legitimately. They are illegitimate, are a false authority. The only legitimate government decisions are the ones that come under Christ. There's an issue in our government today. Decisions are being made that are not under Christ's authority. Decisions are being made that do not line up with Christ and his rules and his decisions. And therefore, they identify for us, listen close, those who are operating in an illegitimate government in an illegitimate authority, in an authority that is not under Christ. I cannot vote for anyone who believes it's acceptable to kill children in the womb. 
I cannot vote for anyone that promotes a same-sex marriage relationship. I cannot vote for anyone who believes Muslims should be in our government. If it doesn't concern you that some of the Democratic caucuses, and this is not a Republican sermon, and I'll prove that in a minute. But if it doesn't concern you that some of our Democratic caucuses, and I'm saying the word right because it was the Muslim and the LGBTQ caucuses that removed under God from the pledge when they said the pledge, if that doesn't concern you, you're blind to what's going on. It's hard. It's hard information. But hear me clearly. None of this makes me an unloving person. Not at all. I just want to be under Christ's authority. And you know what Christ said? Christ said, I want all men to come to me so that they can be saved. And so I'm going to share the gospel. And I want them to see Jesus as their authority. And I want them to walk in the ways of Christ. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying I don't hate anybody. Not skin color, not what's happened to you in the past. None of that. I love you, but I have to stay under the authority of Christ. And I'm going to say it. And it's going to be recorded. <laughs> but I want you to hear me. This is not an emotional decision. I, Todd Mozingo, I cannot vote for Joe Biden. I cannot. I cannot. And this is what you're saying. So you're going to vote for Trump? Listen, listen. Is he perfect? No. Clearly not. He's not. Far, far, far from it. But he is pro-Christian, he is pro-Israel, he is pro-life, he's pro-biblical marriage. And here's my point for today. I have to stand before my God and explain who I voted for. And so that it's clear, I do not love Trump. But I will not vote for things that are illegitimate government under God, under yeah. Jesus. So we can make it clear under the Johnson Amendment. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not saying who this church should vote for. That's a decision you have to make. I'm just telling you how I'm making my decision. And it's not, listen to me, it is not the better of two evils for me. It is not. It's that one is okay with killing children and the other is not. And one is okay with promoting the LGBTQ causes and the other is not. And one is okay with putting Muslims in government and the other is not. And so I'm making my decision on what I believe is under the authority of Christ. Finally, no man has authority over Jesus. No individual. Government is on Jesus' shoulders, and man cannot take that from him. Man can only operate legitimately under the authority that Jesus has because he's the pinnacle. And any other authority that is not under Jesus is an illegitimate authority. I want to show you that even Jesus recognized this authority. 
I'm going to show you in the scripture, and you're going to have to watch close, and I'll try to explain well. But if I go to 1 Peter 2.3, I want you to hear this in 1 Peter 2.3. He's talking about Christ being crucified and what he went through to be crucified. And Peter says this, For you've been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Now, some would take this scripture and say, it doesn't matter what abuse the government puts out. As believers, we should be quiet. That's not what this scripture is telling you. This scripture is saying that Christ being threatened as a man recognized the authority of God. And God had determined that he would be crucified for the sins of man. Therefore, he could not revile. He could not go back. He could not say, no, you're not going to treat me that way. He had to say, the authority in places that I will die, so I have nothing to say. He is under God's authority as a man. Then he returns and all authority is given to him. And it's all put on his shoulders. The decision for crucifixion was not his. It was made by God. He is a man. He submits to the authority in place. Maybe, maybe this scripture makes more sense for you now. Romans 6.16. Do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as a slave for obedience... We're not talking about slavery. We're saying a slave of obedience. I will obey you. You are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness. So hear me out. Obedience to legitimate authority leads to righteousness, but it must be the authority that's resting on Christ. This is so much bigger than who you vote for in an election. It's about who do you believe is in charge? Who do you believe is the ultimate of voice, the ultimate authority? Who are you accountable to? I believe that's Jesus. I believe he is the ultimate authority. He's the one I have to answer to for the decisions I make as it concerns authority and the government. So we get into these topics today. We begin talking about, yeah, but this guy believes that. Yeah, but he said that. Yeah, but 10 years ago, he said this. Listen to me. There is going to be exceptions and caveats to every argument that's going on today in politics. Why? Because there's two sides and they're seeking power and they want the other one to look bad so that they look good. Get out of that. Get out of that emotion and look at what you're making the decision on. When it comes to abortion, they'll say, well, what about rape and incest? Oh, I'm pugging at your heart so you can make a decision in my favor. What about LGBTQ? Well, what if they think they were born that way? What about racism? What if they were a bad person before the racism happened? Protest. What if no one listens when we try to do it diplomatically and this is our only option? What about Islam? Listen, don't they have the same God as Christians? The enemy does a great job of trying to convince people that there are exceptions. I'm not being legalistic. I'm saying think about what you're being told because there's a huge difference between grace and tolerance. 
I want you to hear me out. Grace is something granted to a person. Grace is an unmerited love. It's an unmerited favor. I received God's grace even though I was wrong. He gave me grace. But listen to me. Tolerance is when we agree to the sin of the people. God never gave me tolerance. He said, you will ask for forgiveness or you will stay with Satan for your eternity, your choice. I'm not going to tolerate sin. I'm going to pour out the punishment on my son. And if you want it, you can have it. And if you don't, you will not be with me. So here today, (laughs) with the recording of this video, If I have to stand in front of a president and they throw me in jail, so be it. That's short term. I got to stand in front of God eternally. Not about, not about what the news says. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's not about Trump or Biden. It's about me giving answer to God for the people I obey because I present myself to someone as a slave for obedience and I'm a slave to the one I obey. So my obedience, will it bring death or righteousness? If I choose to obey the authority that says abortion is okay, then my obedience leads to death. I'm not going to stand for that. It's a big topic. You'll be thinking about it and presented with it for the next two months. And my question is, if you have to defend your vote before God, how will you do it? And let me follow that up with this statement. You will have to defend your vote before God. What will be the arguments for who you voted for? What will be the agreement with your decisions? Will God be in agreement with your decision? For me, the right way to make sure that I've made the best decision is directed by which leader was most submitted to the authority that Christ carries on his shoulders. Now, who said what 10 years ago? Who is rude and egotistical or compromising and nice? What political party does my parents support? All of that doesn't matter. I make this decision completely unemotionally, not overridden with caveats and exceptions and buts and who's and what's and where's and how's. I make it based on, are we deciding to kill children? Are we deciding that the LGBTQ thing is just absolutely fine with God? Are we deciding that whatever sex you want to be, you can be? Are we deciding that people who do not believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior should be governing our country? I can't do that. I can't. I can't. And I'm happy. Listen, I will not debate you. I'm laying the foundation for any debate you want to bring to me. It's the Bible. It's Jesus. It's the Word of God. I don't care about personalities. I don't even care about history. I care about what's on the table today and what am I being asked to decide and where is the authority of Christ and who is ensuring that the government is legitimate under that Christ and who wants out from under the authority of Jesus so they can make an illegitimate government for me to follow. Plenty of churches today will say you don't need to be talking about government. You need to be talking about politics. If you know me, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you realize I don't talk about any of it. But I know where I stand. And I know why I'm making the decisions I'm making. And this is what I'm saying. If the church doesn't stand up, I don't care who the leader is. If the church doesn't stand up, we continue the immoral slide we've been on for years.
It is a church issue because the government rests on Jesus' shoulders. Well, what did you think? Has the church been remiss in influencing the society and government? Is the immorality of our age a result of Christians refusing to get involved? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. Now for some very exciting news. Pastor Todd's latest book has just been released. It's called Missing Pieces. Have you ever asked yourself, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, why do I still do the things that I don't want to do? Pastor Todd addresses this and many more important questions that most of us have pondered for years. Pastor Todd fills in the missing pieces that we have wondered about, and when those pieces are understood and put in place, the bigger picture becomes more clear. This new book is available now on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com forward slash give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.